Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you are in the world. I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Over the years, I've written lots of short stories for different magazines about the funny, sad and strange people and events I've experienced in business. In each episode, I read you my original story and afterwards I tell you something about the real-life background which inspired it. Today's story is called Hate. And while you're listening, perhaps ask yourself, is there somebody that you really hate? It isn't healthy to hate. It does bad things to you. You see it sometimes with parents whose children have been killed, especially if it's taken a long time to bring somebody to justice. Hatred cuts scars into their faces, so imagine what it does to their health. Nothing good. That's why I've always made it a rule not to hate. There have been people I disliked and avoided, but I've never hated them. However, as with all rules, there's always one exception. And in my case, it was somebody from school, Mickey Jones. I hadn't heard anything about him for almost 25 years when one day I got a phone call from an investment bank. They were asking whether I would do the catering for an event they were organising. Faisal Bakri, the personal assistant I spoke to, sounded like he was close to a nervous breakdown. The food must be the very best. My manager is company chairman and this event is a party for our top clients. Now, could you make sure that... I wasn't worried. I've been running my catering business for a long time now, and PAs are always stressed. It comes from working with senior management. I read somewhere that 20% of CEOs are psychopaths, compared to 1% in the general population, so I guessed that this was what Faisal had to deal with. My team and I got to the venue early. It was a fantastic place for a party with a large terrace overlooking the River Thames in St Paul's Cathedral. We set up the food and shortly before the start I did a final check of everything with Faisal. He had dark rings under his eyes and he was sweating. Now make sure your waiters are not doing anything when my boss makes his speech. He doesn't like any noise when he's talking. Is that clear? Don't worry, I said. We're professionals. Good. What about the champagne, is it? But I'd stopped listening because at that point, somebody I thought I recognised walked into the room. Mickey Jones. Faisal, we should be starting in a minute. He looked at me. My face must have shown something. Shock, I imagine. Do you have a problem? His accent sounded different. Not the London one that I remembered, something else. But it was him, wasn't it? Older, fatter, but with the same arrogance. And Faisal's fear was so typical, that's exactly how people always were around Mickey. This is the caterer, Mr Jones, said Faisal. OK, you can go, we're done, he snapped at me. Mickey turned away and walked back towards the door. Faisal, he ordered, come. Faisal ran ahead of his boss to open the door. I stayed, fixed to the spot, staring at their backs. It was him, surely. But what was I going to do? Because I had to do something. The party began. 
When you do corporate events often enough, you soon recognise he was good at these things. And, credit where it's due, Mickey was very good. He went through the room like oil in a machine. A quick word and a smile here, a little joke and a pat on the back there, a kiss on both cheeks for the women, and a strong double-handed handshake for the men. This was a new side to Mickey for me. In the North London council estate where we'd grown up, charm wasn't necessary. The ability to inspire fear was what you wanted. And Mickey had had that in buckets. I watched and waited. I had a plan. Not a very good one for my business, but the best I could think of at that moment. Faisal went up to the microphone at the front of the room. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed your food. Now I'd like to ask our host tonight to say a few words. But before Mickey could move, I took the microphone and I told them everything. How Mickey had terrorised everybody on the estate and at the local school. How he tormented one Asian kid so much he'd hanged himself. How he'd turned my best friend into a drug addict. How he'd bullied me for years for being gay. There was a lot to tell. The guests were shocked. But to my surprise, Mickey did nothing. He watched with a little smile on his face until I'd finished, then stepped forward and took the microphone. The room was so quiet I could hear my heart beating like a steam hammer. Well, that sounds terrible, he said slowly and I'm really sorry these things happened to you. However, I'm afraid you've made a mistake. Yes, my name is Michael Jones, and clearly I look like this bloke you once knew. But as everybody in this room knows, I grew up in Australia, not London. Mickey and Faisal found me a couple of hours later outside on the deck, staring at the river and wondering whether I should jump in. When I saw them, I went over to apologise. I'm so sorry, Mr Jones, I won't be sending a bill for this evening's catering, and I hope that you can forgive me for making such a mistake. Mickey stared at me for a while, and then shook his head. You really are stupid, aren't you? he said. And suddenly, the London accent I remembered was back. He saw it in my face and nodded. That's right, it is me. After leaving that stupid school we went to, I spent some time in Sydney. That was where I made my money. Then I came back here and then reinvented myself as a dynamic entrepreneur from down under. The moment I saw your face, I guessed what you wanted to do. So I told Faisal to let you make your sad little speech. I wanted to give you another lesson in humiliation. It's true then, said Faisal, everything... Mickey laughed loudly. Pretty much. Don't remember the Asian kid hanging himself, but it's possible. I'll kicked a lot of them around. Which brings me to you. He looked at Faisal and laughed again. Good job this evening, but you're fired. I told security to clear desk. After what I heard this evening, I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. But what for exactly? Faisal asked. For hiring this little pervert. Well, good night to you both. That was a lot of fun. And then he left. I waited a moment, 
Then I offered Faisal my whiskey flask. I'm sorry, I said. I didn't want you to get involved in my feud. Though it wasn't much of a feud, really. He won. Again. I didn't achieve anything. Faisal looked at me for a while, took another drink from my flask, and then seemed to make a decision. I don't know about that, he said, pulling a small body cam from the top pocket of his jacket and handing it over to me. What will his clients say when you post this video on social media? Hate was written for Business Spotlight and published in 2018. The first thing I have to acknowledge is that this story is influenced quite strongly by a Roald Dahl story called The Galloping Foxley, in which a character tries to expose somebody who bullied them at school, um, and but is then humiliated in the process. And I always thought this was a little bit unfair, and I wanted to write my own version of the story, which has maybe a happy ending. But I suppose the reason why I decided to write this story was something that actually happened to me um, when I was uh, a student and working in a restaurant in London as a waiter. And one day, the prototype for Michael Jones from my school walked into the restaurant with a bunch of colleagues, work colleagues, and sat down. Um, and he plainly recognized me, but he also plainly didn't want me to recognize him. I spent the whole time that he was there wondering what I could do in order to get my revenge for him deciding that I was now beneath his attention. And I'm not quite sure whether I spat in his soup. I kind of hope I did. Um, I really hope I did. And when I read The Galloping Foxley uh, many years later, I thought, hmm, I recognize this type in the galloping foxley and in the person who I knew at school and who I turned into Michael Jones. But I wasn't happy with the ending of the galloping foxley. And I thought, okay, I want to make sure that my character does actually manage to get his revenge. I think this is something like the second time in one of my short stories that a psychopath has turned up. Uh, in one of the earlier stories in uh, Behind the Bottom Line. And in that episode, I also mentioned this fact that something like one in 25 of us is a sociopath. But this figure rises to something like 20% when you look at chief executive officers or managing directors of companies, um, which is rather an alarming statistic. Um, by the way, an interesting book, if you want to read more on the topic, is by a woman called Martha Stout and is called The Sociopath Next Door. I can strongly rec recommend that uh, if you don't want to sleep well at night. Nevertheless, I recognise that there are certain features of the character Michael Jones that I quite admire. His ability, for example, to schmooze people at uh, at uh, events and meetings um, and uh, having taken part in lots of 
such things. I've always found it really interesting watching those people who are really good at this kind of thing, the way that they can go through uh, a room, making everybody there feel connected to them in some way or other. Apparently, um, Bill Clinton was extremely good at making everybody that he talked to feel as if they were the only person that he was interested in. And I suspect this is probably a gift that I would also like to have. Sometimes people have asked me if my writing is some form of catharsis. And generally speaking, I would say no. Um, But probably in this story, hate, yeah, I'm probably working through a couple of issues. And um, I think getting them out of my system wasn't a bad thing. One thing I liked quite a lot about the story uh, was the ending. I was um, happy with coming up with the idea of Faisal having recorded everything that uh, Mickey had said so that he could then be exposed. But of course, one thing that slightly worries me nowadays when you look at the behavior of certain politicians, um, Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, and how they seem to be able to behave exactly how they want and still get away with it. So I kind of wonder nowadays whether even exposing Mickey Jones's behavior on social media, whether that would do any damage at all, which is a rather depressing thought. But of course, the great thing about writing fiction is that you can do what you want in your own particular world. Um, And like Oscar Wilde said, the good ended happily and the bad unhappily. That is what fiction means. And in my world, that's what happens. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcast or whichever app you use so that as soon as the next episode is available, you'll get it. In the meantime, catch up on any episodes you've missed, tell your friends about the show, give it a rating and write a review on the podcast app. And you can write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield at gmail.com. Until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye.